dude, I need an intro song like uh, what's that one song from Toy Story? You got a friend in me? I don't know something. <laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wasn't yeah, didn't you know, Max Maximum Driftgas used to have a an intro song? I just forget how it went. Uh, they had something with like Jared Deanda where he um he did like the intro for them for the most part. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but they yeah. had like but some background no... music. Yeah, I That's just wasn't sure saying. what it was from. Yeah, they they had some type of background music. It makes me want to I look missed, it up now. I miss that podcast, man. I wish I'd come it, back. Like, but... are they even still around? Uh I know the I dudes guess... are around, but yeah, I, the last I caught of it was uh, they were talking about the. They brought it up on the Maximum Driftcast um, Facebook group mm-hmm. page they got, and. Corey made a comment of like, basically we had um, a talk with Sam, so to speak. Or well, I can't remember the damn word he used. Uh, yeah. Basically, had a talk yeah, with Sam to Sam. try to get him back in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, maybe we'll get a new one soon. But nothing ever came of it. Yeah, it's like the last time they posted something was two years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. So. That's a long while. Yeah, I think even um, they, I think Paco did one like by himself randomly one day and then mm. nothing. <laughs> nothing. Crickets ever since. But we'll see. Maybe they'll they'll make a comeback someday. Or maybe you will be the next Maximum Drift Gas and you Negative. will be 10 times better than Maximum mm. Drift Gas. Nope. Do not want to compete with anybody. I just want to be, there's plenty to go around for all of us. I'm not saying compete. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. like, what if it got, like, bigger than maximum drift cast? And then oh, it's that'd be like, great. you were never in, like, a competition. <laughs> yeah, 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 that would be great. No, that would, obviously, that would be awesome. Because um, I don't want to do, like, the YouTube thing, like a lot of people mm-hmm. do. I mean, I, you did it, and then you stopped doing it for, you know, various reasons. Which we can get work. into a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's work okay you want to touch on that subject right now yeah go go right in okay we'll touch on the subject now this is how do i say it? this is my experience with like youtube and stuff like that so this is my opinion these are my views whether you agree with them or you don't hopefully i entertain you hopefully i make you laugh and hopefully i help you guys in some way shape or form so when you do something like for youtube like and you're building a car on YouTube, right? Like you're building that car, but you're also thinking about how can I like while you're shooting, you're how mm-hmm. can I piece this together? How can I make this all make sense? How can I bring in sponsors? How can I do this and do that? And you basically yeah. theoretically turn a four hour task into a 10 hour task. And then it doesn't stop there. It stops with like, okay, now you got all the footage. You just got done shooting and Sunday rolls around and you're like, okay, I got some extra time my house i can start editing now you spend another four to eight hours depending on if you're a perfectionist or not or how ocd you are uh it's like i so i spent all these countless amounts of hours Mm -hmm. to make say x amount of dollars now in my channel i i didn't make anything crazy i probably made like i don't know 40 dollars a month (laughs) like in YouTube, like it's not, it's really not much. So I sat down with myself and I said, self, 
how like can I justify spending this much time and only making this amount? Like, sure, the overall goal is to maybe have like LZ numbers and tuning in numbers, whatever you, whoever you want to compare it to. But to get to that point, it's going to take time. I mean, it may take a year, it may take seven years, but it's like at the end of the day, the bills don't stop. And then the yeah. dreams as far as like competition and, you know, say doing hot pit and all these things that doesn't stop. Right. So instead of like prioritizing my income on like just YouTube, it was like, I'm going to go hustle. Like I'm going to go, you know, hustle jobs, whether it be for, you know, working on cars and doing that, banging them out and getting the money in. It's not really as like, or, you know, even just construction jobs and stuff like that. It's not as glorious, but at the same time, I wanted to go build a car and realistically I needed to get my car done in eight months. And if I was yeah. to film it, you know, I don't, and that's the other thing, like for me, I don't have a, like a, a film team behind me. Like when I worked at Hoonigan, I didn't have to worry about editing, producing direct, none of that. I just built. And then I just told the story on camera. Same thing when I worked for RTM, uh, for Detroit muscle, same deal. I didn't worry about any of that. The only thing I worried about is how I'm going to say it and, and whatever, how we can incorporate brands. But when you're doing it on your own, you're legit doing everything on your own. And if you can stick it out through the hard times and you got a bunch of money in the bank or you have a remote, some type of a remote job where you have just, or how do I say it? Passive income and you yeah. got all the time in the world, then dude, have at it. Or if you got rich parents, have at it. But yeah. when you still got to pay for, I still, I now expanded my shop. So now I have three, I started with 1500 square feet. Now I have 3000 square foot shop. So I doubled my rent and then all my other bills. I'm like, dude, I don't have a bunch of money to invest into YouTube and hopefully like make that a living unless sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, how do you make that like sustainable is like it's really really difficult. But then the other thing that like I never really cared about the fame at all, like ever. Mm. Like even when I was working at Hoonigan, when I was working at Detroit Muscle, or even I know a lot of people chase like the the YouTube fame and stuff like that. And that's cool, dude. Like if you're into the fame, that's great. And me personally, it's it's cool when people uh, recognize me and stuff like that if they do but me personally it's like I've never really chased that fame game and honestly like I would never want to be like a Tom Cruise or like a Nicolas Cage like type of fame because I could never go anywhere and have privacy <laughs> yeah like, I feel you on that that's, that's another thing even yeah. just being like Adam LZ like dude there's times when I'm at Hot Pit and I like to just walk away go to my motorhome and just like focus on like you know the driving and focus on other things and i don't like to be uh or take a just... fucking nap <laughs> yeah exactly thank you like yeah. you watched me go into my motorhome and i took a nap i just exactly. want, i just needed to you know go get away and i like that sense of you know privacy to where it's kind of like you know it's not you don't have when i lo you know watch like adam lz and all these other dudes like dude when they go back to the pits, they bring their car back in. It's just the crowd just blocks, right? And it's yeah, kind of like, that's man, wild. dude, do these dudes get like any privacy? Like that's insane, you know. But that's a little gist of my 
YouTube thing. I hope that helps somebody, but that's also my thing. Like I'll fire up YouTube again. I'll figure out a better way to, you know, film builds and, and make it to where I'm not really concentrating mostly on quality or even though I do want to keep it quality, but I want to figure out a way to structure it to where it's easy to film a build and I don't have to film every single portion. And then it takes me little to no time to like edit it because I'm doing everything myself. There's a way to do it. There really, really is. There's, there's literally, literally a way to do it. It's just, I have to sit down and really think about it. But oh, to like keep is, it seem simple and structured to like know when yeah. to hit record when you're about to do something. Like for example, not everybody wants to see you cut a tube on a chop saw. Yeah, like, that's fair. Sorry. Or not everybody wants to see you bolt a tire up to a wheel. Or it's like, or the other thing that I see in YouTube lately, it's like they, a lot of these big YouTubers, it's funny. They announce like, oh, we're going to build this. We're going to do it with this brand, this brand, this brand, with this turbo, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be awesome. And then they film like them cutting up the car and then like, months later all of a sudden it's like oh hey the car's done but then they film like a bunch of like other stuff and it's kind of like oh that makes sense like they're doing like a recap constantly or i see other youtubers they like instead of what like doing every single process like every tube that's notched or every weld that's welded they don't film a bunch of it they actually just get off the camera like hey i'm gonna go weld this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that whatever blah 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 and then cut and then it's instantly back to camera like oh so I got this done. I got that done. Come check it out. It's just constantly in a uh, a recap format, like a mini recap. And I think that's the yeah. only way that you can film builds. If you don't have like a full-blown film crew behind you. You know what, though? But that would make sense because do you remember like watching – Like I don't know if you did, but when I was a kid, I always watched like the Discovery Channel when they would like Extreme 4x4 – or Monster Garage. Um, Monster Garage. I can't remember the other one. It's a. It's, I can't remember his damn name, but his show is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, but the way they structured it is they would just show you bits and pieces, and then at the end of it, they would kind of like they're like, "Oh, the car's running now." You're like four episodes in of twenty minute <laughs> episodes. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense for them to like carry on that same um, style of kind of show. If it makes sense, like they're like, I'm going to showcase these partners that we're working with. And then I'm just going to put this thing together because I don't have time to, you know, do a full build on my YouTube or maybe it's not beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Because not everybody wants to see every nut and bolt going into that car. Like, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I because I caught myself, you know, being an automotive influencer and YouTube where it's like. I had to shoot. I felt like I needed to cover everything. I needed to cover every little nut and bowl. And then later I end up with a bunch of footage and then I'm like, I don't need that shot. I don't need that shot. And then now I have this, this should be 10 minutes, but (laughs) if I was to put every single shot in there, that became 30 minutes. But then you have to think about like, okay, think about how much time you spent setting up the camera for each and every single one of those little shots. Like I said, you just turned a four hour task into a, you know, 10 hour day. Um, yeah. Like if you watch some of my, uh, like my Instagram reels that I was mm-hmm. doing when I was building the E92, I was experimenting with kind of a new format of, 
I would just shoot something really really quick, keep it super, super raw, and I would do it through my phone. I wouldn't do it through the Instagram app. I'd save all the videos. And then later, you know, when I'm at night, like I'm at home, I'm bored, like I just slap a couple, you know, clips together. And I'm like, wow, this literally streamlined everything. Like, but I still think YouTube is a necessary evil. So that's where it's like, but then that's the thing. Now, if you're shooting the same content for YouTube that you're doing like reels, now it's like, well, let's say someone saw it on your reel. Are they going to watch it? Are they going to take the time to watch it on your YouTube? Like, or did they, they saw it on YouTube and they see it on your reel? Oh, well, I already saw that. So yeah, they're just going to flash right past it. Yeah. Like how, like there's certain social media platforms that it's like you only do this with. Like if you want to dance like an idiot in in front of your car, do it on TikTok. Don't do it on YouTube. Don't do it on Instagram. Like yeah, if exactly. you want to do a lot of branding stuff and you want to show like kind of more, I would maybe guess kind of more professional, super cool stuff. And this is my opinion, professional, super cool stuff for like Instagram. And then you want to show maybe like behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. That makes sense. Know. That's that's a solid I mean, plan. Or it even could as, be vice versa. It could be vice I, versa where Yeah. It it's like where you're showing, you know, professional stuff purely for YouTube and you're mm. making it more cinematic, but then your Instagram is your more like intimate behind the scenes thing. I hate how all this shit is so complicated, to be honest, Jeff. It is. <laughs> it is. It's like crippling. Uh, I mean, it's so crippling. But, but also be mindful too. Like those who put in the work do get out, get, um, they do get that pay back, so to speak. Um, yeah. Poor choice of words. Uh, yeah. uh, but, you know, and then sometimes people just get lucky. Like, you know, they just have a, a hit that just goes viral. And then all of a sudden they go from 1,500 followers to 30,000 overnight. Yeah. Well, you know there was I mean? a dude can be a great accident or something like that that they got into whatever the case yeah there was a dude that i followed i remember i started following him on instagram when he had like three thousand followers and he built this gnarly i forget what his uh instagram name is but he built this like tube chassis eight six right Mm -hmm. it's black it's like on air ride cantilevers like it's sick like the the car is sick ls swapped eight to one collector it's just a gt86 the GT86? Yeah, it's a, yeah I, or it's like an FRS or something like that. Okay, that's what I was, Yep, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, so he, I remember follow, started following him when he had like 3,000 followers. And his format, it was super simple. All it was was the footage that he would shoot was like gnarly, gnarly high quality, like super crisp. And it was always super basic shots. And it was always over, you know, whatever the latest trending sound Rap is song or was. Yeah. yeah sound or whatever and next thing i know i look back at this dude like a month later now he has fifteen thousand followers and then another yeah. month goes by dude has fifty thousand followers now then like i don't know seven eight months later i look back at the dude and he's got like 100k followers he probably has like 300 but yeah it's like that format it was just so stupidly simple that it's like that dude spent little to no production time at all he just did it purely off of his phone and he just put it to whatever but i'm not going to take away the build was sick 
the build was sick. His shop looked very, very clean. The car hmm. always looked clean as he was working on it, like the background and everything. So it's kind of like, it's really the full package in the lighting of wherever the lighting was in his shop. It was always super, super white. So it's, I think it's a lot of like those little details and stuff like that. Like even when I was working at Detroit Muscle, everything in the background had to be a certain color and certain look and everything. It really, that's the other thing. Like if you're going to do stuff out of your garage, like cool, you can do it out of your garage, but like, why don't take maybe a couple of weeks and make your garage look dope, repaint the walls white, put in LED lights and put away all the freaking tools and organize everything because people like to see that shit too because if they see like you have an organized clean ass garage they're gonna be like oh wow this dude actually knows what the hell he's doing because he makes his garage look you know freaking sick yeah um because i remember looking there was this dude his name was matt walrath literally the best fabricator i still till this till this day i think is the best uh motorsports fabricator in the world is matt walrath and he builds trophy trucks in Oak Hills, like right up here in the high desert of Southern California. And he does it out of his garage, but his garage looks like, I'm not kidding you. It looks like better than like Robbie Gordon Motorsports. It looks like a NASCAR <laughs> shop inside. Oh, really? Like nice. he's got like pneumatic air retracting from his ceiling, like in his, his whole garage is like, Oh, all he's fancy. Huh? Dude, uh -huh. he's got like air nozzle. And then, He's, he custom makes his own cabinets to where he puts all his different tooling bits and everything. It's mm. nuts, bro. Like, yeah. nuts. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, you would never think it's a garage. You would just think it's a small portion of, like, Mercedes Patronus where they build F1 cars. Like, I'm not kidding. It's sick. But it's in a garage. <laughs> You're... Your background kind of comes from trophy cars. Or trophy trucks. Trophy cars. What an asshole. Uh -huh. From trophy trucks, doesn't it? Like, aren't you, don't you have a strong background with like off road and stuff? I have a very, very strong background. Uh, that's actually that... where I kind of learned how to fab, was working out of different, that's... uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Fab shops and stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I was 16 years old. Long story short, uh, I was 16, uh, was in high school, wanted to have a job like out of high school. So from like, you know, four to eight o'clock, I just wanted to have a job. Um, Motorsports always, you know, piqued my interest. And then I always would pass by on my way home from school, this off-road shop. And I knew there was like free runners outside and everything. So one day mm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go walk up and just see if they need, you know, a hand. I, I mean, I could wrench um, and I could kind of weld. Couldn't really fabricate, but I could kind of stick things together. So I just walked yeah. in there like, hey, guys, uh, you know, I can kind of wrench. I can work on stuff. I can kind of weld, but, you know, I just need a job. And I didn't walk in there like, oh, I, I know everything. It was just like, hey, humbly, I just need a job. Yeah. Well, then uh, my boss at the time, his name was Scott. Scott said, all right, cool. Like, how about this? Just come back tomorrow. Like, oh, like, you don't want me to start now? He's like, nah, just come back tomorrow. I'll come back wearing some, you know, crappy clothes or whatever. Okay, cool. I showed up the next day and the first assignment was go clean the bathroom. Okay, no problem. Clean the bathroom. After I cleaned the bathroom, then it was clean the race truck. And then it was always cleaning shit. For like a solid three months of just cleaning the bathroom, cleaning the race truck, like not wrenching on things, not fabricating on things. And that can not only conditioned me to like put up with crap because building stuff is very, very difficult and very, mm. it tests your patience. It but also does. it proved to him, it proved to Scott 
hey, I'm willing to put up with the shit. I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm willing to, you know, I it it's showing that I want it bad enough. Yeah. And then after those three months, then I started wrenching on stuff, became like the one of the head assembly guys. And so he's assembling UTV cages, working on the race trucks and stuff like that on the assembly side of things. But while I was there, I was always bugging the head fabricator, which was Mike Tuba. Hey, Mike, like, you know, what you got going on here? What you got going on here? Like, oh, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And then next thing I know, you know, years later, that's when I started working with the head fabricator and helping him fab stuff on trucks. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then uh, after that, worked at a different off-road shop, worked at another different off-road shop. And then it just snowballed into this, oh, now I got my own shop. Now I'm going to do my own fab and I'm just going to continue to learn. And I think the key for me was just always remaining a student and not thinking that I'm the best fabricator in the world because there's always going to be another fabricator or car builder or whatever that can teach you something that you may never know. So it's like, yeah. I was always, re- you know, remain, and I'm still a student till this day. Do I have it all figured out? No, but I always, I'm not afraid to, you know, push the boundaries or, Hey, let's try this. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then yeah, back to the drawing board, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And then, Especially when it comes to like building cars, you always run into a problem. Every car I've built, I've ran into like a new problem that I haven't ran into before. That's Whatever the case may normal. be. That's normal. Yeah. That's normal. There's no and such always, thing as a perfect with build. A, and it's always with the fucking parts that are bolt on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. The ones that, that bust my knuckles every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I noticed my my biggest common issues. Thank God they're not electrical. Electrical, I got it pretty figured out somewhat, you know. But like, it's always I put the car together and then we go drive it, and then I come to find out, oh, well, the car's getting too hot. Well, why is it getting too hot? Oh, I used too big a radiator tubing, or I shouldn't have used a mechanical GM water pump, a, a truck GM water pump with my Mazir fifty five gallon electric water pump with inch and a half hose like and then running a single pass radiator so it's like i'm always going back to the drawing board okay now i gotta eliminate the mechanical water pump and then i gotta triple uh pass this radiator or i need to make these coolant lines smaller so it creates more fluid velocity like that's always my crap dude (laughs) yeah it's uh, when I finally did do the rear, the rear radiator thing, I did like look into it heavily, luckily. So I didn't make, I just read what everybody else was using. And I was like, I'm going to get this because I don't want no problems. 